Oh, hi, it's Grant here and welcome back to our second last module. Today we're talking about the S word. That's right, the thing that everybody loves the results from but not everybody wants to talk about. And years ago when I wrote the book on sales, it was a tough sell, let me tell you, because people didn't always want to talk about sales. People, want to, people love to talk about money. People love to talk about profit. People love to talk about holidays and, and all that sort of stuff. But you know what? You start talking about sales and all of a sudden it's like, oh no, I don't like to sell. So let me get this out of the way really fast. You cannot have the same attitude on sales when you're making them as you do when you're being sold to. Another way of saying that is don't apply your rules of purchasing onto your rules of selling. Otherwise, none of us... None of us will sell a thing. Nobody likes to be sold to, do they? I mean, you don't like to be sold to. And it's, <laughs> I remember back in the early days, I worked for Just Jeans. I don't know if you know your Just Jeans franchise, but back in the early 90s and the late 80s, Just Jeans was like the coolest place ever. I was really fortunate. I got to work uh, under the tutelage of the founder of Just Jeans, Craig Kimberly, and he'd ring me up all the time and say, Grant, well done on this sale and this sale and this sale, and I'd win a whole heap of awards in sales and I was about 17 years old at that time. It was great. But really, if I look back at it, all I did was help people solve problems. So the Levi 501 had just come out and they were a slightly different cut to what had been there. Fabergé with the gene of choice just before that. And I don't know how I remember all this, but uh, the Levi 501 came in and people needed to buy belts. So just jeans sold belts. So it was, and we had a KPI for selling belts. You had to sell a certain amount of belts per week and a certain amount of accessories and socks and t-shirts and all that sort of stuff. But you know what? People would buy the jeans and they'd have to change their whole look. So it wasn't about selling t-shirts and selling belts. It was about helping them to make the most out of their purchase that they just had. So they bought a, I think it was 50 bucks for a pair of Levi 501s. Now they're probably $130. Back then it was 50 bucks. Might have even been a little less, but it was a lot of money for a pair of jeans back then. So the people wanted to make the most of it. So it was never a stretch to get them from $50 to $100 with a few accessories. That's called upselling. But then there was the sale of the jeans in the first place. People would come in and they would try them on. But it wasn't about buying the jeans. It's never about the thing. It's always about how it makes them feel. And whatever you have to sell, it's not about what they're purchasing from you. It's about the experience and how it makes them feel. You see, no one buys anything unless it adds value to their life, solves a problem, or helps them feel better. People don't buy stuff that makes them feel worse. Or hang on a minute, maybe a gym membership, <laughs> but ultimately it will, make, it will make you feel better. People buy things because they want to add value to their lives. And your job in sales is to help people add value to their lives, help people solve a problem. But you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of business owners I meet with, and you might be the same, I'll say, well, what do you want in your business? And the response often comes back, well, more sales. Okay, well, to have more sales, you need to reach more people. And to reach more people, you've got to have more conversations and you've got to be able to solve their problem more easily. You've got to go meet people. But... When you meet them for the first time, you're not going to meet them and sell to them. It's kind of like that friend request that you get on LinkedIn. Now, I don't know if that happens to you. Well, it happens to me quite a lot. You get a friend request on LinkedIn, 
And you say, okay, okay, I'll accept that friend request. And then boom, you get the email back. Hi, thank you very much. Here's my program that I sell. And here's the thing I do. And come buy off me. Come buy. Off. It's, it's kind of like a bad version of online dating <laughs> where the person at the other end is just a little desperate and a little quick. And they, they want to jump into bed just a bit too quick. Imagine, if you will, a, a proper dating scene. You know, it's been, you know, I've been happily married for 20 years. It's been a long time, if ever, that I don't think I've ever had to be in the dating scene, if I'm honest. But you can imagine the, the, the movie-style dating, the When Harry Met Sally-style dating scene. And you've got the guy in the bar and with the pickup lines and everything ready to go. Well, that's how some salespeople are perceived. You know, the, the, the kind of car salesman that walks over the car lot towards you, making eye contact with you as he comes while you're busy trying to not make eye contact, getting your, I'm just looking, voice ready in your head. So when he comes over and says, how are we today? Which is my pet hate. You could say, just looking, thank you, and hope that he goes away. That's how most <laughs> people are wired in, in the sales world because most people just don't know how to sell. Most people don't know what to ask. Most people don't know that it's not about them. And I say this to you because, you know what, sales isn't about you. Sales is always about your customer. How can you help the person in front of you get to where they want to go? I was talking about that dating system. So let's have a look at the funnel that I've set up there for you, suspects, prospects, leads, and clients. I want to talk to you about this funnel in terms of dating so we want the client at the end to become somebody who spends a dollar with us. But in the beginning, they're just a, a suspect. They're, they're one of a crowd. They're classified as everyone everywhere. So there's billions and billions and billions of people for you to choose from. But if we have a look back at uh, the second module, when we looked at identifying who we want to sell to, we're very clear on who we're looking out for now. So out of the crowd, who are we looking out for? So how do we have a conversation with the suspects? Well, pretend there's a whole room full of people and we, we're going to end up dating one of those people, just one in a room of 100. And it's not about getting everyone on board. It's about getting one in 100 and making all the others jealous that they didn't get in as well. And they're going to try and get in with us. And to do that, you've got to have lots and lots of conversations with lots and lots of people. That's called marketing. So for your suspects, everyone, everywhere, we want them to hear you. We want them to hear you and see you and notice you. It's kind of like uh, Tom Cruise walks into a bar, everyone's heads turn, or uh, Claudia Schiffer walks into a bar. I'm really showing my age by picking those two people in their 50s <laughs> for, um, for examples here. Um, <laughs> I can't even think of two younger and hotter people <laughs> right now as I'm giving you this explanation, but you understand my meaning, right? Two ridiculously good-looking Zoolander-style people walk into a bar and everyone goes, <gasps> and turns their heads, right? So that's getting their attention. So the suspects all of a sudden turn into prospects. They're looking at you. You've got their attention. Now, after you've got their attention, they will feel very, very special if they um, if they are spoken to. So you address the crowd and you address those that are listening and you speak to the one. And that's why we created that avatar in the beginning. And I'm very much talking about the marketing style at the moment. Because, you know, once people come in to see you and they come to you, they'll be so super pre-qualified to say yes. But what happens often in business is we attract all these unqualified people who are sort of 
half interested and they don't know why they're even there. That They're the ones that are like, just looking, please, just looking, thanks, just browsing. They're those people. Super frustrating, waste a heap of your time. But if you've taken some time in your marketing to educate your marketplace, show them who you are, show them your style, show them what's up, have a chat to them, then by the time they move down to the leads section, they're in your business and you're having a two-way conversation because they've already found out about you and they've already been educated by you through your marketing. So your suspects are everyone, everywhere. And by the way, for the next four pages in this, I've, I've written a detailed description for you of who these people are. And I'd love for you to take some time and go through each of those sections and discover how you're going out to market. So let's let's have a look at this again. Most people, when I meet with them in business, they'll say, I want more sales. But what they're really meaning is that I want people to magically appear in my business and spend money with me. But the world just doesn't work like that. So you really need to be able to educate your marketplace. Some people get confused between marketing and advertising. Advertising is where you will you know, get some brand awareness where people go, oh yeah, I sort of, I saw that on the side of a bus or yeah, I sort of saw that. I saw that brand. Oh, so-and-so talked about that or yeah, I saw the business card or yeah, I saw the wrapper or or I saw the sticker on a car or whatever. So that's, that's advertising. It, it can be cheap, it can be effective or it can be a waste of money, like depending on how you do it. There's absolutely nothing worse than people confusing advertising with marketing. Marketing is putting your content out to the marketplace for free. You know, I've talked about restaurants a few times in, in these modules, and I'll, and I'll continue with that just a little bit because I think it's relevant to a whole bunch of industries. I work in the uh, with fitness people quite a lot, and we do this with the fitness industry. But with, the, uh, with restaurants who have worked with in the past, you know, if you've got a signature dish, like there was a restaurant I worked with in Launceston, they had these killer cheesecakes, absolutely amazing. So we gave away the recipe to the cheesecakes, and we gave that out to absolutely anybody who will listen. So why did we give that out? Well, everybody who loved this cheesecake and raved about this cheesecake, and it was gorgeous, still is a gorgeous baked cheesecake. Everybody who loved it and raved about it wanted the recipe. Now, in exchange for the recipe, we just got their first name and their email address and maybe their mobile phone number. How do we do that? Well, we just set up a little portal on their website, Really easy, just a hey, if you'd like the recipe to our world-famous cheesecake, our award-winning cheesecake, just give us your first name, your email address, and phone number, and we'll send it to you straight away. No hoops to jump through. We'll just send you the recipe for the cheesecake, and we did. And then we went back out to market to those people who, you know, about a month later and said, hey, how? send us your photos of your cheesecake. Jump on our Instagram account and show us the cheesecakes you've made and tell us how yummy they are. And, you know, a few people did that. Then the next month we went out and said, hey, if you like that recipe, we've got another recipe for you. If you'd like it, come into the restaurant, we'll give it to you. So a lot of people came back in. And while they were there, we had conversations with them and we built them up. Some stayed, some had a meal, some didn't. But what we started doing is we started communicating. We started having conversations with these people. And we found out what they really, really wanted. Prior to this, there was birthday deals and this deal and that deal and this discount and that discount. Why discount when you can add value? Why would you cut your prices when you can just give people more of what they want? Just makes more sense, doesn't it? So this is how you get your suspects, your crowd from everywhere 
into your prospects. Prospecting is when people are looking at you and they're kind of curious and they're kind of interested. And once you become useful and relevant in their life, then they'll start to have a two-way conversation with you. They'll start to like and share and comment on your Facebook posts, like and share and comment, become involved with your Instagram. They'll be able to, they'll become part of your community once they become leads. Now, what do you do with a lead? With a lead, you just simply need to invite them to come and spend some time with you. Invite them to come in for something that will add value to their life. If they think they agree with what your offer is, then they will come in and they will spend one or more dollars with you and then they become a client or a customer. Once they're a client or a customer and they experience your promise and your promise lives up to their expectations and it comes with the guarantee and everything that you provide. By the way, with guarantees, we go really deep into guarantees in 301. We don't have time to do it in this one, but but if you don't have a guarantee in your business, I really want to help you to develop one. That all happens in 301. Your guarantee is killer. I'll give you, give you some examples of that. If you um, jump into the Facebook group or send me a message on Facebook, I'll give you some examples of guarantees if you like, and then I can help you to develop your own in 301 if that's where you want to go. But once they become your clients, you want them to be able to refer to you. So you've got to give them referral tools and so on, and that boosts your sales. See, more sales comes through having more experienced clients. So how are you following up and what are you offering to your marketplace? Are you expecting people just to come in and, and buy from you straight away? You know, I don't know if you, have you ever been on a cruise? I don't know if you have. My wife and I just recently went on a cruise. And I'm going to tell you this. The, the people on a cruise, they know how to bring you back. <laughs> Let me tell you, the whole time they're there, they try and make your experience the, the most amazing experience that you can possibly have so that you'll come back again and again and again. And, and I, want to, I want to tell you a really quick story. When, when I was a, a ladies' hater, so way back when, it was so long ago that perms were in. Okay, so my uh, my employer at the time, he bought a pallet of perms, bought them real cheap, like three bucks a, a perm. And we were charging, you know, 40 or $50 for a short hair perm back then. And for those of you too young to know what a perm is, it's, you know, ask your mum, she'll tell you. <laughs> so anyway, we were doing perms and we're doing it. So we did this promotion, we got them for three bucks and we said, okay, we're going to do free perms. And I remember saying to my boss, what? And free perms. We were in an area in Victoria called Mentone, and there was a, you know, everyone was getting a perm in Mentone because, and they were paying us money for it. But you see, we weren't selling a heap of colours, and we weren't doing a lot of blow waves, and we weren't doing a lot of treatments, we weren't selling a lot of retail. So my boss at the time, Terry, he, I said, "What do we do with these free perms? How do we? What's the point of all this?" And he said very wisely, he said, everybody that comes in for a free perm, I want you to treat them like absolute gold. Treat them like they're the queen or your mother-in-law or if not your mother-in-law, someone who you you know you deeply care about, your auntie, your mum's best friend, whatever it is. Treat them like gold because when they're here, we want them to come back and we want them to have a color and we want them to buy ready. We want them to trust us. So it's about getting them to know you, to like you, and to trust you. So if you've got an offer that can bring people in and they come in, you've got to treat them like gold, like we were treated on our cruise. Yes, sir. No, sir. Please. Thank you. you know, treated like royalty. Because it's so hard 
to get someone new from suspect to prospect to lead. Once they become a lead, you want to treat them like gold. So service needs to become the basis of all of your enterprise if you are to have a successful sales experience. Let's look at this grid we've got here. There's four boxes. You just flick over the page, just past the descriptions here, and it's box one, two, three, and four. I just want to go through this with you. I want you to take some notes, and I want you to understand what I'm talking about here regarding um, selling to your clients, keeping your clients, serving your clients, and the expense of getting new clients to sell to. Because if you understand the importance of why you need to provide high-level service and high-level sales, and, um, and, and you get this, then you'll be more encouraged to want to sell. So let's have a look here. I've got existing clients, new clients, existing offer and new offer, or existing product and new product. So box number one is your existing clients with your existing offer. So these are people who are already coming to your business. Here's your challenge. This is what I want you to do. This is called penetration of your product. Has all of your existing market already tried all of your existing products? Do all of your clients use all of your products? Do all of your clients experience all your offering? You know, I go to a restaurant every Friday morning for a men's group that I meet with and and we go there with the fellas from my church and we sit there every Friday morning for an hour and a half and I have exactly the same thing. I have two strong lattes and, a, and an omelette every Friday. I have no idea what else is on that menu. I got, there's bacon and eggs, sorry, there's pancakes, I do know that. This is a, there's a big breakfast, and probably, so I probably do have some clue. But you know, once or twice the waitress has kind of tried, say, hey, why don't you try something else this morning? But then they give up too quick. My encouragement for you is to not give up too quickly on your clients. You know, again, back when I worked for L'Oreal, we had all sorts of different products. We had permanent color, semi-permanent color, perms, this, that, and the other. We had a product for every day of the week and for every hair type. And when I went to see the salons, one of my jobs was to get penetration of the product. So I had to notice what wasn't being used and what was being used. Now, I don't know what kind of business you own, but you've probably got more than one thing that you sell. And do your regular customers who already know you, like you, and trust you, do your regular customers take advantage of all your products or are they just cherry pick and perhaps just have one or two things? Well, if, if that's the case, your job as a salesperson in your business is to help them experience the whole range of products. Now, you might not be able to convince or persuade them to purchase something. So just like they did on the cruise, I say finishing this story, bring it out to them and give them a sample of it for nothing. Get them to try it. Get them to experience it. Just think about what it's like in a supermarket when people want you to buy something. You're there to buy your wheat bix and your milk and your bread and whatever you went in with your list. And there's the lady with the fry pan and the gourmet sausages. And she gives you a little bit of gourmet sausage on a toothpick. So what do you do? You buy a half a dozen gourmet sausages that you weren't planning on buying because she gave you a tiny bit of meat on a toothpick. Crazy how that works, right? And I want you to be able to do the same in your business. What is the example in your business of the free sample and the free offer that you can give to your existing clients. Number two, what's the what's the new offer? What's the new thing? What's something different? What's something exciting? What's something that you can package together? What's something that perhaps 
all of your existing clients could utilize that's brand new in your business? What are you bringing in to excite the marketplace? What are you bringing in that's new and different? What can you offer them? Now, this is the second hardest thing. The first the first is the easiest. Use all your existing stuff with all your existing clients. Then the second one is bring in something new for your clients to experience. Bring in something new for your clients to, to have and to purchase. The third is where most business owners stick. It's always trying to get new clients either into a new thing. Try this crazy discount. Try this thing. This is new. You got say quadrant four. You got a whole heap of people who don't know you, trying to get you're trying to get them into something that they don't know, like or trust. It's really tough. You know, I don't know why anyone would choose that number. Th- box number three is really tough. Hey, all these people that don't know me come and get this thing that we've already had and we've had for ages but you haven't had yet doesn't make a lot of sense so you've probably got a lot of gold already sitting in your existing client base that you can mine so go ahead and mine the gold and start to talk to your existing customers then start to talk to your existing customers about some new stuff and after you've done that then you can start to talk to some new clients now the way that you can do this is go back to your existing clients and you can ask them to bring a friend who goes for some referrals you can go from, um, if you're into Facebook marketing, you can do friends of friends marketing and you can start to build your funnel that way. But quadrant four, it's like the last thing. And you only go there if you have done everything you could possibly do in quadrant one, everything you could possibly do in quadrant two and everything you could possibly, possibly do in quadrant three. Then you go out and spend good money against you know a, a pretty big gamble. That's kind of what starting over feels like. That's what a new, brand new business is always doing. They're always doing quadrant four, but you're you're an existing business. You've got existing clients and you've got products and you've got time slots and you've got services that your existing clients don't know about yet. Recently, I was hired by the coffee club and I'm sure you're all familiar with the coffee club. And they hired me because, what are they called? They're called the coffee club. So a lot of people were coming to them for coffee. Great, I understand that. They weren't called the coffee and food club, so not many people were coming to them for food. So we had to work hard on quadrant one, getting their existing coffee members into their existing food offer. And we worked very hard on doing that, and we marketed that to their existing clients. So if we go back again to the funnel, let me just take you through one more thing to add to this, and then you can go ahead and start to apply this to your business and start to make some more sales. If if you're a member um, already of 301, if you've upgraded yourself, there's a there's some great scripts that I provide for you in 301 where you can have um, some some great conversations with people, and they're quite a quite a hypnotic script. They're they're really um, easy to use, um, quite conversational, quite transferable. Um, so that's what we call the triage script, and, and that's in 301. But right now, let's have a look at suspects, prospects, leads, and clients. One last time. Suspects, so it's going to go know you, like you, trust you, buy from you. So suspects, your job is to get them to know you. Prospects, your job is to get them to like you. Leads, trust you. Clients, purchase from you and then refer to you. Suspects are everyone everywhere. Prospects are people you've had a conversation with or they've seen you. Leads is a two-way conversation and clients is an interaction and then an ongoing conversation. So I hope this section has given you a good insight as to what sales could be like 
in your business. Remember as well, there's a checklist at the back. I want you to make sure you've gone through that, checked everything off, and I'm really looking forward to catching up with you in our last section, which is community. By the way, you'll be sent an email very soon inviting you to our 301 webinar. I just wanna take you through what's in 301, uh, introduce you to the concept of modular coaching and, and group coaching, and I trust that that's something you'll be looking forward to coming to as well. The webinar will be completely free. We'll go for about 45 minutes, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. But for now, go ahead and apply everything we've talked about today in your sales module, and I look forward to, to talking with you in our last module called Community. All the best. Go well. Talk soon.